The next CMO podcast explores topics that are on the minds of forward-thinking marketing executives, from leadership and strategy to emerging technologies. And we bring these topics to life by interviewing leading experts in their fields. The next CMO is sponsored by Plana, makers of the world's first AI-based marketing leadership platform. And hosted by me, Peter Mahoney, the founder and CEO of Plana, along with my co-host, Kelsey Kraft. In this episode of the Next CMO Podcast, we speak to Chris Mercer, or as he prefers to be called, Mercer, the co-founder of MeasurementMarketing.io, about the basic principles all marketers should use when setting up measurement for their websites. By leveraging free tools like Google Analytics, Tag Manager, and Data Studio, Mercer tells us how to turn your messy web data into intuitive dashboards and turn each of your web pages into dedicated sales reps for your brand. Mercer also generously offered the Next CMO podcast listeners free access to one of his popular courses. You can access the course at measurementmarketing.io slash the next CMO. Thanks so much for coming on, Mercer. We're super excited to chat with you today. I know you're calling in from Austin, Texas. Glad you've uh, avoided the cold spell as much as possible, but wanted to learn a little bit more about you and measurementmarketing.io. Yeah, happy to be here. And it's good to be able to drink water again out of the tap. So we're good to be here. Good to be back. Yeah, in terms of what we do is really, it's helping people understand their numbers, right? Helping them know what their numbers are, know how they're getting those numbers there. And ultimately to give them some tips and techniques on how they can grow those numbers, how they can make them better using tools like Google Analytics and Tag Manager and Data Studio and all the incredible tools that are free for the vast majority of the world. And they're available to all of us. As you talk to marketers, What are the big issues they have relative to data and understanding the data that's right in front of them? What what are the big mistakes they make? Yeah, that's a good question. So I I think in terms of the initial mistake is that there is no plan. I think going back to what you mentioned about just the fact that there's so much data in the world, it became so easy to collect data. That's what everybody did. And to your point, you've got all this data everywhere now, that just led to more distraction as opposed to answers. People thought, oh, I'm gonna get more answers, more data. You end up just getting distracted because you have no idea what's working, what's not, what's this for, but I don't know, I guess we should collect it anyway. And then you just look at piles of numbers in a table and your eyes blur and you're like, okay, forget about this. We'll just be okay with not knowing stuff. And that's what's happened. They know that they have, there's this, this gut instinct that I have an action buried under all that data somewhere. So it's somewhere in our system and that feels good that we can one day maybe get to it, but they never actually get to it. And that's, and that's where the world is right now with all this stuff. The, the reason I think a lot of that happens is because with all that data and all that distraction, you forget about the basics. And like a popular question we'll get is people will come to us and say, you know, what problem are you trying to solve? Well, we're, we're trying to figure out how people are using our site. That's a number, how are, we, how are they using our blog posts, right? How are they interacting with whatever? And the very first question I fire back to them, and I already know the answer, but I fire back to them every time, how are they supposed to be using your site? How are they supposed to be interacting with your blog? How are they supposed to be interacting with that video or sales page or whatever that thing is? And immediately you can tell it's the first time they've been thought about it because they never had a plan. They never forecasted and said, here's our homepage. 
30% of them should be going to log in because that gives them into the act into the platform. 20% of them should be then requesting our white paper and 50% of them will go onto our blog to learn about that. They don't have that forecast. They don't have that plan. So they're not measuring for it. So they don't know if the thing is working the way it's supposed to. And the second you make that switch, which is just a, it's a very subtle shift. But when you make that shift from what was happening yesterday and what just happened to here's what's going to happen next week and did it work the way it's supposed to, this whole thing becomes immensely more easy to use and operate. That's fascinating because I've seen that for decades that people struggle with that. And I think a big chunk of that is related to the fact that people are dealing with a very organic medium with their web properties and they just bolt on and change along the way. And they may have forgot the original intent. And maybe there's a big launch period where they say, aha, here's the strategy. And I'm going to do some journey mapping. And I'm going to try and understand what I want people to do. But then as they bolt and add and move around, they probably lose the thread along the way. Is that one of the things that you see too, Mercer? Uh, that is exactly what it is. Because in, in the, in the, it's one of the beauties of technology is it's so easy to switch things out and change things. And to your point, bolt on new technical platforms or a, a new way of doing this, that, or the other thing. But they don't consider the journey in that. They just It's so easy to do it that they do it. And then the, the measurement is an afterthought of it. And that's a challenge. And that's what I think a big trend is coming up through the years as you will see measurement becomes more and more a department not a project. And it used to be looked upon as, oh, we'll build the site, we'll do everything, and then we'll run a bunch of traffic, and then we'll go to the measurement team and figure out what happened. And measurement really should be brought on in the planning stages of the site in the first place, because you can build your site so it's easier to measure. You can build your site so that it reports a better story of how the users are interacting with it so that you can answer that question, is this doing its job? Is it operating in the way that I expect it to operate? And when you have that, you can measure against what you thought was gonna you know, work or and you don't know what's working, what's not working. That will immediately tell you where to optimize. Because I think that the challenge with data, again, is it doesn't mean anything to anybody. Not really, the mar especially on the marketing side. They just get a bunch of numbers and they have no idea what they mean. And that's the problem. You get a report, you're like, great, I got a report. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with it. So they look at it because so they're, they're supposed to do that. But there isn't a real meaningful, instinctual action. And we're big believers that if you have to analyze a report, you've already messed up the report. You shouldn't have to analyze it. As a marketer, you should see a dashboard like you see your car dashboard. You mm -hmm. drive down the street, you look at your speedometer, you immediately know, do I hit the gas or do I hit the brake? It's, it's instinctual. The very fact you were exposed to the information leads to the action. That's what a marketer's dashboard should be set out to do. And you can absolutely do that as long as you follow a process to go through that. That, that makes a ton of sense. And it's a great analogy. And I could go so many places with this because you, you just unpacked a bunch of really fascinating stuff in, in about 30 seconds. But one, one thing that came to mind immediately was that we like to tell people to think about marketing like you're a scientist. And if you're a scientist, you start with a thesis and then you measure and try and prove your thesis. Yes. And it's the same kind of thing as you said a few minutes ago about setting your expectations and your goals, you have a theory. And if you have a framework that says, I think this is gonna happen. And based on that, my expectation for the range of results of this particular metric are gonna be from one to 10. And if it's at zero or if it's at 4,000, then I'm gonna say, oh, that's a little bit different. So the, the idea of building in not only uh, a measurement framework, but 
a set of of targets, metrics, and milestones. So exactly where do you expect to be with this particular metric at that period of time? And then you can see if you're in variance based on what your expectations were. And it, that's the way we like to think, and that's the way we build our dashboards and our product. We have yep. not only goals, but metrics and targets and milestones. So say, where do you expect to be now? Am I ahead or behind? Is that good or is that bad? And people mm -hmm. often lose that context because they just don't have a sense of, like you said, people see this report and they say, is that good or is that bad? Right, and and exactly. it's, yeah. it's fascinating we because we all have a schema for if you're driving above 65 miles an hour or in Texas, like 170 miles per hour, then, you know, that's bad. And But we don't especially have that same schema when we are dealing with th this kind of content, which, which is really interesting. So how should a marketer think about this when they are, when a lot of people are dealing with a rat's nest right now, it's a mess. Mm -hmm. So how should they start? What's the first would, step they should take? It's a, such a great question. I would follow a framework. I'm a big believer in a, the system produces the result. So if you have a rat's nest as this result, you got to look at the system and go, let's stop this from producing that. We don't want that rat's nest. So we have to look at the system that we're currently using. And most of the time there isn't really an efficient system, which is why it's producing this sort of mess for a lot of people. So the system that, that we teach is what we call the five pillars of measurement marketing. And it'll be familiar to you because it's some of what you've already talked about. Because again, we're, this isn't something we just made up and created and we're the only ones in the world. This is just the best way to get the result. So the first step, the first pillar is planning. In that process, before you set up analytics or you look at reports and stuff, you got to plan it out. In the planning process, it's really three things. And to your point earlier, it's what questions are we trying to answer? Then it's what information do we need to collect in order to be able to answer those questions? And this is the important question that everybody skips, which you've mentioned, which is great, is action. What action will I take based upon the answer I get? That is where you start to build that hypothesis that you mentioned, where you say, okay, if my opt-in rate is less than 25% to cold traffic, I'm going to look at the ad and see if the expectation maybe is being incorrectly set from the ad. If it's more than 35%, I'm going to look at the scale of the traffic because maybe I'm not scaling to the way that I needed to be scaled. And you think about all this stuff before you do anything, before you even build a page. It's just, here's the plan. Then you do the build out where you're building out the pages, you're getting up analytics and tag manager and setting up your goals and whatever else. Then it's the reports. That's where something like Data Studio might come in where you're building a Data Studio dashboard that's designed to give you the answers to those questions so that you can instinctually take the actions now. So now that all starting to connect together. Once you have the reports, you got your benchmarks, that's where you focus on that forecasting. And you say, okay, now that we know what our opt-in rate is, to your point, it's a range, it's always a range. Well, here's what we can predict will happen next week. And you can start to focus on what we call the results and how. You're not just saying things like, we're going to make $100,000 next week. It's, we're going to send 100,000 impressions on Facebook ads. 1% of those are going to click through. 25% of those are going to opt in. Within seven days, they're going to convert through email at an average ticket of a thousand bucks or whatever it is. That's how we are going to get those results. Because the results, believe it or not, you cannot influence. Only your market can give you results but you mm -hmm. can influence the market. And that's all those activities along the way. As marketers, that's what we have control and influence over. So then you forecast all that out and then you measure against it. That's where it's going to be very clear what's working and what's not. That tells you where to optimize. So you can go and you could focus on that step. And now you're going with a specific purpose. Okay, this piece is not working. There's something wrong with the expectation and somehow we're not either receiving the expectation properly and meeting the expectation that was generated or we're not generating the expectation properly for the next step. 
it's one of those two things it becomes very simple. It becomes almost to your point, scientific, it's mundane. It's not emotional. You're not gutting it out or, or trying to think things through. So it's planning, building, reporting, forecasting, and optimizing. And if you just start doing that, and then you repeat that over and over again, that you will notice that rat's nest will not go away overnight, but it will become less and less and less and less. That's great advice. And I completely agree that having a process and a system and just doing things methodically is incredibly important. And a lot of people miss that. What they do is they say, I'm just going to go do a bunch of stuff and, and right. see what happens. And then I'm going to measure right. it once a month and say, oh, wow, I'm, I'm missing my numbers. Or, wow, it's going great. Uh, and they happen to be lucky. And But this, and sometimes it's I really simple things that you can do. And, and I like, Mercer, what you've done in this case is you've talked about a simple, tangible system and model that people can get their head around. And I'm a big believer in the idea of if you can give people a routine that they can follow, that's simple enough where it doesn't take me seven hours to create all the data every week for this to happen. And that's why there's some great tools out there like like Data Studio, as you mentioned, is a fantastic tool for that where, all right, if I can plug stuff in and if I can get 80% of the answers with zero effort, and, and then schedule a meeting for myself to review it once a week, then that's a great way to make sure that you're on track. And then I go through my checklist of my lists and say, what am I going to do to optimize it in this case? Yeah, that's exactly right. And again, going back to that, that thing we mentioned earlier about the report shouldn't have to be analyzed, right? You get in and you, we're marketers. We have other things to do than look at numbers all day long. So we get in, we look at our dashboard. Within minutes, we should be able to get back out to work with an action step that says, okay, whether it's you doing it or directing your team now to say, here's what we need to do. Uh, and I'll give you an example. We have a report that we have built where we measure per page, right? Every page has a purpose on our site and there's a, there's an expectation. I look at the page and, and it, probably because of my background is from sales, right? I'm, I was a sales manager for many years. So I'm always measuring the sales pipeline and salespeople's performance. And I always train salespeople to improve the stage or the step. I quite literally, maybe even psychotically look at my website like that. Every page on that site is a salesperson to me whose job it is to achieve a certain thing. So I measure for that salesperson's performance. So on a certain page, like an offer page that we have, I will measure how many people even arrived, what we call the, the generic impression, but then how many were introduced to that page, which means they were there at least 10 seconds. How many of those showed interest? So that maybe that's a combination of scrolling halfway down and they're still there 45 seconds later. How many then showed that they investigated the actual offer where that offer section showed for enough time where they probably were thinking about it. And then how many of those actually initiated to go to the next step, whatever that is. So we, we measure that. Everything starts with an I, so we call it the Osna Journey Report. That looks like a funnel. And so I will be able to go to that report. I can instantly look at the shape of that and go, oh, this is off, our interest is off. I can then go to our copy team and say, all right, marketers, let's get together. Here's what the Osna Journey is saying. They're, they're staying introduced, which is fine. Their interest is a little low and you can see how that's affecting the investigate that it's in the middle. There's somewhere in the copy in the middle, whether it's design or copy, but that's where you look at. That's where the conversation is going off. And this is the issue with when it comes to measurement, are people think, yes, you think about the data and everything else, but when you're measuring, what you're really trying to do is listen to the conversation that the user is having with that website. That's another reason why I personify the website that way, because that salesperson, my website page is having a conversation with the user. It's having a conversation, hopefully with a lot of users but I need to be able to listen to that conversation so that I can adjust the marketing side of it. That's all measurement marketing concept is listening and responding. And if you're not measuring for these things, which everybody can do, but if you're not doing that, 
then you you just there's an ignorance there. You don't know what's going on in the conversation. Then you have to guess and gut it out. We don't have to. We have very direct uh, conversations with our copy team. Say, okay, this is where the the interest level is a little low. Let's tweak the copy. If we've achieved it, this goes back to your hypothesis. It's so important to do that. If we've achieved it in two days, this will now look like this instead. This the funnel will widen out or be in this range, and they will make the tweaks. They run traffic, let traffic run for a couple of days and they know we don't even have to split test it because sometimes you don't have the traffic to, to effectively split test a page, but you can absolutely impact numbers and you can start to call the shot and you can say it's like playing pull eight ball corner pocket type of thing. It's like that, but with money, which is much more fun. That's an amazing analogy, Mercer. And I love the idea of treating every, every page on your site as a sales rep. And of course, some of them have a fantastic territory. If you're the homepage, <laughs> you've got this amazing territory that everybody wants because you get all, the, all of the entry traffic. And in some of those pages, you need to put on a performance plan because they're not working well. And then you need to figure out what you can do to get them to, to deliver on, on their numbers. So I, I love the analogy. And of course, more and more marketers are thinking about their role is what it should be about driving economic value. And the most tangible version of that is driving direct sales. So if there's a direct connection to what they're trying to do, what their objectives are, and they can measure that and be maniacal about it, I think it's great. And that's why great marketers, Kelsey started out in sales, right? That's where you started earlier in your career. And she's maniacal about her metrics. That's exactly right. That's perfect. First thing I do is I talk kind of where we're at, why we're there. And I think one thing you talked about of you have your metrics, your high level goals, but to actually get there, you need to dig into those campaigns, those channels. What is that messaging that you're running that's not necessarily working? And it's a lot easier to make those tweaks to get the results that you need for the top line if you are diving into the metrics, not only the top line, but throughout the whole campaign itself. Yeah, that's 100%. It's 100%. And you tie in that customer journey that we talked yep. about earlier, right? When this podcast is, is up and running, we'll see it. We will send traffic to it. So we will send traffic to your site. We target that as off-site brand aware, which means they're not on our site, but they're on off of our site, but aware of our brand, at least the initial idea of it. Right? Right. Then that gets retargeted for on-site brand awareness. Now we're sending them to our blog posts where the blog post job, like maybe somebody buys from a blog post eventually in the journey, but that's not the blog post is there for. It is there to introduce them to our brand on site. Once that happens, then we will start to target them for maybe becoming a, a free member and then ultimately, you know, escalating from there. But we're using all of our marketing efforts to measure for that customer journey. And to your point, you're measuring your pipeline, just like a regular salesperson would, because you got to know the numbers. You have to know wherever you are, you have to know how you got there. Because if you don't know that, you can't fix it and you certainly can't mm -hmm. scale it. And then you make decisions of pulling things that could be working rather than making those minor tweaks. Right. And there's no drama. That's the best part about it. Because I think a lot of people have this thing of, I don't know how to fix this. And it's, I know, I know exactly how to fix just about everything. And it's not because I'm brilliant. It's because this, it's revealed to me. I have visibility into the machinery of it. So I can see that, oh, there's a gear broken here. Let's just fix that. And if, as long as you can measure for it and you see the visibility, you're measuring those numbers to your point, you will know what you need to adjust. I'm curious how you measure pages and you treat them as these sales reps. What tools are you using to actually measure these pages and get this type of data that you need to interpret to make those types of decisions? It's, it's the best part. It's Google Analytics. It's Google Tag Manager. It's Google Data Studio. It's free tools, right? Yeah. Unless you're a huge company, in which case you're paying for it. But either way, you still have the same ability. It's super simple. It's, it's all of that stuff. A little bit of customization is not much though. It's just using the tools. But Tag Manager is a really great platform for those that aren't familiar with it, where it is built 
to be aware of behaviors that are happening on the page. That's all it does. So it's the platform that you can say, listen, when somebody is there for 45 seconds and they've scrolled halfway down and they watched half my video and they've seen this part for at least, let's say 50% of this part showed up in their browser for at least a minute, then do this. Tag manager goes, cool, I got you. It, it knows how to do that. That's what it's built for. So what it does not do is store information. And so it collects the behavior, but it doesn't store it anywhere. So once it has it, it has to send it somewhere for storage. That's where analytics comes in, right? Platforms like Google Analytics. So it then sends it to Google Analytics, stores it. And then analytics is pretty good at storing stuff. It's not so good at building reports because they can look a little geeky for a lot of people, right? There's data tables and frozen numbers and harder to get an answer from that because it takes a lot of thinking to get there. That's where Data Studio comes in. So Data Studio is really built for reporting. So then you've got this power team where you use Tag Manager to collect all the behaviors you're looking for, sends those to Google Analytics, which stores them and associates them with the traffic sources and everything else. And then you've got Data Studio where you're actually interacting with that information, only now it's built as a funnel, it's a nice little journey, right? It says, oh, your top traffic source for making people aware of your brand is Google Organic. The traffic source that's really good about getting them to engage with your, of your brand is your Facebook retargeting campaign. And your Google Ads campaign is really good about creating leads. And then your email is what actually closes the deal. And now you can see that, which means now you, if you know how your machinery works, you can start to forecast that and say, cool, based on what's been happening next week, that should also happen. Here's what our results are next week. We're going to tweak the Facebook campaign, which should generate more retargeting interaction and engagement, which should make sure we get more leads and Google ads should do that. And you can just measure for that to see if the things are continuing to work the way that you expect them to, and then make adjustments if they're not. So think about this, Mercer, people out in our audience, both of them, are listening to your buttery smooth voice describing how beautiful and easy it is to put all these things together. You've got all the answers. And I think people sit on one or other side of an equation. Either they say, oh, we're too small, we're too simple, we don't get it, we're not technical enough. Or they say, oh, we're special, we're way too complicated to, to handle this thing. So how, how do you answer that? Because I, I think you're exactly right what you're talking about. Literally what you're saying is that there are these standard tools of the trade that I think probably a third of the people are using reasonably well and two thirds of the people aren't at all. And there are probably little things that they can do. But is there, do you have to be a Goldilocks company that's just the right size or, or can you be a small company or a big company and use some of these same techniques? That's a, such a great question. First, buttery smooth is my new favorite way of describing my voice. So thank you for that. The way, the again, it goes back to the system that's created the result, right? So if it, whatever side of the equation that you're on, there was a system that generated that, right? Of where you currently are. The chances are excellent that you just do not know how to use the tools. And I am talking to people who have just found out there's a thing called Google Analytics, as well as people who've been like, we've been using analytics for 10 years because we've done this for hundreds and hundreds of companies and there's no one that has this thing set up correctly by and large. It might be the rare occasional uh, thing, but most people don't. And the reason that is, is because people have not taken the time to learn the platform. Again, that's not their fault. It's because Google, when they first came out, especially when the analytics first came out, it was like, oh, just take this code, put it on your page, done. And that's what everybody thought. And you go, when you start using Google Analytics now, 
But the problem is you haven't set it up properly. There's something called a view in Google Analytics that you should set up. Each view should have a certain set of goals and stories. You need to set up goals for when they're aware of a, a, a thing you want them to be aware of, when they've completed the journey you want them to complete, when they've engaged along the way. You need to set that up. There's something called filters. And all of this stuff connects the dots, make sure traffic attribution is properly connected, make sure that the story is easy to read and making sure that you can tie traffic to results. And you have to do all that prep. And there's a lot of setup in the beginning, right? And it's not, it's like anything else, any other platform you have to set up, any of them. This one, it was skipped a lot is what happened. People just thought the setup was when they put the code on the pages, but all they did was they activated it. They turned it on, but they didn't go back and say, okay, now let's set it up properly. Because when you set it up properly, all of a sudden, those reports don't look like a bunch of meaningless stuff that contradict each other. They look like a story. And you can literally read that story in there once it's set up. But if it's not set up, then it's harder to read. As an example, if I gave you a children's book, very easy to read that children's book. However, if I take all those pages and I rip them up and I throw them in the air, can you read that book? And the answer is yes, of course, because I didn't take away your ability to read. You can read that book. However, it's going to take you a lot more work now. So you got to take those pieces, put them together. Some of them are going to be on the couch. Some pieces you're going to have to, you're going to be missing. So you have to guess and make up stuff that was going on. And you can still tell a reasonably close story of what the actual story was, but it's a lot harder. It takes a lot more effort. And most of the time, to be honest, you're just going to give up and say, make up a story, which is what people do in the marketing world. So if you set up Google Analytics, that's where I would focus on is learn Google Analytics setup. And when you set that up, everything else becomes a whole lot easier. And then eventually you grow into tools, if you're not there already, you would grow into a tool like Google Tag Manager that collects the different behaviors you want so that now Google Analytics is starting to be customized a little bit. It's being customized to collect the information that you need to answer your specific questions now. And then Data Studio to display. And you, and again, you level up, you go through those pillars over and over again, you get better and better at those tools. And I'm a big believer in get good enough to get going. So no matter if you think you're already an expert or you think you're, you, you know what, for a fact, it's just too technical and you can't do it. The answer is go through the setup again, because you will level it up in some way, shape or form, no matter where you are. And then everything else dominoes after that. And it becomes a whole lot easier. Great. And as a reminder, we're talking to Chris Mercer, a.k.a. Mercer from measurementmarketing.io. This stuff is totally gold, by the way, Mercer. And one thing, since you guys have done hundreds of customers, it sounds like you've helped with this. What's your sense about the percentage of people out there who are using GA, as an example, who just plugged it in and did nothing else? Oh, 90 95. Yeah, almost everybody. And and, and I mean that it doesn't matter the company size because there's inherent, oh, if I'm a billion dollar company, then clearly I'm using GA. It's not at all true. That for those familiar with Google Analytics, it'll make sense what I'm about to say, but you see that little all website data view is the default view for Google Analytics. I have had that billion dollar company that's hired us, a couple of them that have hired us to come on board. We look at that and there's that all website data view sitting there and there's nothing really been done to it because they weren't really using it. They were using all these other stuff and just didn't, it never, they never got around to it. And of course, you've got the smaller organizations, which is really our sweet spot. We focus a lot on smaller smaller and uh, medium-sized businesses to help them build this stuff up. Same thing. But if you go back and you say, okay, let's, let's figure out, get your views. What are the different views that you might have? What are the different questions you might be asking? Going through the pillars, planning, think about the questions they're going to ask, the information we need to collect, the actions they're going to take based upon the answers. That helps us to make sure that we got everything stitched together, making sure we've got all the different domains going to the right spot, right? There's a lot of really basic stuff. It's not 
hard. It's just not known by most people. And that's a key difference. So if you're like, oh, I'm not a technical person, that's nothing really technical required. It's not hard. It's that you don't know that you need to do that. Once you're aware of the thing and you go, oh, I just need to check this box. Or I need to, oh, I need to do, oh, I need to set it. Okay, cool. Now I know I need to set three types of goals, awareness, goals that complete the journey and goals that engage along the way. Done, now I'll do that. And all of a sudden that technical objection goes away because you, you know what to do next. But by the way, all of our listeners are probably right now doing what I'm doing is going to my uh, Google Analytics account and saying, huh, if I set this up right and, and the answer, it sounds like for about 95% of them, uh, maybe like 85% because we have a super smart audience. There you go. Uh, yes. Is maybe about 85% of them are saying, er, maybe we need to call Mercer. So no, this is great because I definitely can anecdotally confirm what you're saying here, that the vast majority of people are not using the basic tools appropriately. Part of my reason for knowing this, when I was last in a in a re- real job in a real company that wasn't my own, I, I was the CMO of about a $2 billion software company, and we acquired about 100 companies while I was there. And I can tell you that some of them actually did have really great uh, web teams and analytics, the majority did not, and they had just yeah. had no clue. So we, I, I saw this at, at scale happening all the time. And, and one of the problems is, I'll tell you, Mercer, earlier in my career, I did a lot of work with web personalization systems when that was uh, a relatively new thing. And back in about 2000, as an example. And, and back then, there was a fundamental problem that people had. And it's similar to what I think you're seeing here. And back then, the problem was that there's all this great technology that people had so they could create and send personalized messages and create personalized experience for different customer segments. But people didn't do the first part, which is segmenting their customer base and understanding what the different segments are, and then actually developing a matrix of messages and offers that they can present to people at different stages of their journey. So they didn't do that part which is the framework. And, and we found that back then it was really challenging for people because you'd show them all this great capability and show them a great demo. And they'd say, wow, this is really intimidating because I realized that you're showing me what happens step 100 to step 110, but I haven't done one to 99 yet. And, and so how, would, how should people think about this? What are the things literally before they even start to activate their GA account? And what, what are those steps that they need to think about first before they, they even think about what are they doing the right thing with measurement? Honestly, it comes back to that planning stage, which is the thing that there's in the five pillars, right? The, the planning, building, forecast, sorry, planning, building, reporting, forecasting, and optimizing. The two that are skipped the most, the first is planning because everybody sort of jumps into the build. Um, and does, they don't have a plan. So go through, list out all the questions that you want to answer. There are no bad questions. There may be questions you can't quite get the answer to yet, but that's okay. Just list out everything that you think. Just brainstorm it. Then next to that, kind of think about three columns, all the questions. Second column, what information will you need to collect to be able to get those answers? Third column, what action will you take? And that third column is in the format of the hypothesis. If the answer is this, I will, if it's less than this, I will do this. If it's greater than this, I will do that. And that's what you put in. Because when you go through that process, you start thinking about things differently. And then the build becomes that much easier. 
And then the, you know, finally, when you see the reports, obviously you'll be reading for the story should make a lot more sense because you've been so involved with that, that data from the start since before it was data, right? Because you built it in the plan. You thought about it in the plan. So now it makes a lot more sense in the reporting. So it's connecting already. Then that forecasting, that's where you really are testing your, your metal. It also helps to make sure that you are not uh, measuring for measuring sake. So that's how, if you're measuring something that is just what they call dark data in the industry, it's like the 97% of data that nobody ever uses, but they have. It's, that's how you're measuring for measuring sake is if you cannot use it for your forecast. If it's not relevant to your forecast, then you don't need it. Don't worry about it. And that's how I always judge that stuff. So for example, we had a, a client, we were teaching them a certain, something called UTMs in Google Analytics, but it, but it tags traffic. So hopefully everyone's doing that, but you can tag the source of traffic, which is the brand name the traffic source is coming from, what type of traffic from that traffic source, what was the point or purpose of that traffic in the first place, maybe some other details like the headline of the ad or specific differentiators, if it was a retargeting ad or a cold traffic ad or something like that. So you can put all of these in tags and, and Google Analytics can see it, can read it because there's little parameters that show up in the URL. We taught somebody this and, and, and there's a certain way you need to structure it because the first step is realizing you can do that. Second step is doing it correctly. Most people, almost everybody, almost, and this is 99%, 9.9% do that incorrectly. So the when you have UTM structured properly, you can answer the question of, I'm trying to figure out how all my traffic sources are working together to cause a certain result. Google Analytics desperately wants to tell you that. It has an entire report that will tell you that, but nobody sets these up correctly, so it cannot tell you that. It's all fractured. So you set up the UTMs, and when you're going through, and, you, and we taught this company, like, here's how to set this stuff up, and we always ask people to practice it first, do it out on paper, don't change any links anywhere yet, just show us what your plan would be. And they go, cool, we can do this. And they came up with a structure for their emails. And so they knew it would come from email, and it's great, and they were measuring which paragraph in the email they would have clicked on. So they would know it's paragraph number one, two or three or seven or whatever. And remember, this is random emails. Mm -hmm. So we go, okay, it's great. But let me ask you a question. Six months from now, let's say there's a report that says, hey, paragraph number three, it's awesome. What do you do with that? And they were like, we don't really know because that really wouldn't mean anything to us. Because that really has no idea. It really has nothing to do with it. It wouldn't matter. It wasn't causing a thing. Paragraph number three could have been really big in one email and maybe just a line in another email. Who knows? So they realized at that point, that's a perfect example of they were about to set up this whole intricate structure to collect a bunch of information that wasn't going to be useful in any way, shape or form. And so that helps. That's a little hack, a little mindset hack to help avoid that. That's great. That That's really useful, tangible, specific kind of feedback, which is great. And, and, and this is this has been uh, a really useful discussion so far. And I think we only have a couple minutes left, but I did want to, so before Kelsey's going to wrap up with sort of one, one last question in a minute, but I know on, on your site, you guys offer a lot of content to get people started and, and get people going. Help me help them figure out where they might start to, to learn more. Just go to your homepage. Is there a specific thing? And we can add a link in, in our description, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So measuremarketing.io is our homepage. So feel free to go there and, and look around, learn more about us. Um, but for anybody who, who knows already, okay, I, I want to get started. I want to start learning about this stuff, at least dip a toe in the water. We do have a, a free membership that's available. It has about 40 some odd tools. There's a whole tracking traffic toolkit that'll teach you that UTM structure we talked about, how you tag your traffic, how you set up goals. The, the, a lot of the, the challenge is not the technical how to do it in Google Analytics. It's what should a goal even be? That sort of stuff. So it's a lot of strategic thinking. These tools are designed to help you get started and learn this measurement marketing skill set, go through the pillars, all of that stuff. And if you go 
to measurementmarketing.io forward slash the next CMO, all one word. So measurementmarketing.io forward slash the next CMO. It'll take you directly to that where you can get your membership started and uh, get some help. That's fantastic, Mercer. And and I know I've looked through some of the content. It's really first class. And, and if you're a analytics geek or if you're just analytics curious, I, I recommend that you you check it out because it's a, first of all, everyone, whether you're a, a student to a new marketing manager to a CMO, you should have a basic understanding of what's going on with, with the basic kind of measurement because it really is, as, as you heard from the framework that Mercer went through, it's a strategic discussion to, to really understand how you should be uh, planning and measuring your uh, the effectiveness of your marketing. This is a great way to do it. So really appreciate the discussion, the really specific, helpful tangible advice. So that's been fantastic. So Kelsey, I think we've got one more question before we take it out. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Honestly, Mercer, I could listen to you for the whole day and just gain so much knowledge. So we really appreciate your time. But last question to wrap it up, we always like to ask, what advice would you give to those that are CMOs are aspiring to be CMOs in the future? One one to reiterate is forecast. If you're not forecasting, that is, it, it puts you on the hook a little bit right? Because you're saying, here's what's going to happen next week. But it is such an incredible feeling when you nail your forecast and you start to realize that the truth is in the trend, the power is in the pattern, and you can see those behaviors. So forecast, just to reiterate that point. And the, the second point I say is just basic advice is getting back to the basics. There is a world of distraction. I, there's probably new tools that were developed in the conversation that you and I were having here. We're all having this conversation, probably three new tools came out to measure stuff. It's just going to be more of that. There's going to be more distraction when it comes to the world data, no matter what. But if you just focus on the basics and you focus on trends and patterns and being able to predict and forecast results, know where your results are, know how you're getting those results, and just rinse and repeat over and over again, you will see more growth than not. Fantastic advice. Really appreciate it, Mercer. And uh, and I think with that, we are going to take it out. So, Kelsey? Yes, thank you so much for your time today, Mercer. Such a great conversation and discussion. Make sure to follow the next CMO and Plana on Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you have any ideas for topics or guests, you can email us at the next CMO at Plana.com. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks, Mercer. Thanks for having me.